when she passed away, I basically lost faith and that day became an atheist. And what I found was, is that that wasn't very satisfying after a while, because if you don't believe in something, you need to believe in something else. And I found from my own personal experience, believing just in me was limiting. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What is going on, all of you amazing abundant leaders? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community, proving to you that you can, in fact, live a life of abundance in family, faith, finances, and fitness on your way to having more. And every time I say that, on your way to having more, I always think about what is more. It's even a question for me from time to time. And and today we're going to specifically talk about more connections. You might have heard this term before. Your network is your net worth. Now, by saying that, I'm not specifically saying that you should be trying to monetize every single connection that you make because that's simply not the case. What I do believe is that each connection should be enriching in one way or another. Either it should be a way for you to feel good about being able to connect a couple people or add value to somebody that you connect with and maybe even learn something new from somebody outside of your normal circle, outside of your economic status, up or down, outside of your gender, outside of your race, outside of your skill set, even outside of your, your country, outside of your culture. Every single connection has the opportunity to greatly enhance your life. If that connection is not enhancing your life or somebody else's life, then quite frankly, why have the connection or or keep that connection or be around that person or those group of people for any amount of time? Well, I can answer that, especially when you, if you were to go look at my social media platforms and see the people that I'm connected with, I'm connected with people from all over the world, all types of people, different political belief systems, different religions, and everything else you can possibly imagine, I believe. Why do I do that? Because I want to understand and learn what other people are thinking and why they believe what they believe and why they do what they do. To me, being a man of abundance doesn't just mean staying in my own little circle and learning from everybody that is basically just like me and thinks like me and looks like me. What's the point? I would be a very shallow individual and not very knowledgeable of other cultures and other thought processes. And those thought processes in my life allows me the unique opportunity to get a different perspective a better understanding, further building on my wisdom as I grow as a man, as I grow as a a man of abundance. Now, that being said, our feature guest today is connected with people of multiple walks of life from many different countries, many different religions, religious backgrounds, political backgrounds, you name it. So this is a very interesting conversation, and I truly hope you get as much out of it as I have. 
Now, of course, before we get into the conversation, I want to give you the opportunity to be abundant in your actions today by paying it forward and sharing Men of Abundance with others. Take a screenshot of your phone, post it on social media, hashtag Men of Abundance, hashtag MOA, and tag me in it so that I can give you a shout out. I greatly appreciate that. And take just a minute or two and jump over. There's a little podcast player on the podcast player where you hit the play and pause button. There's a button down there that will allow you to share or will allow you to leave a review and share. But you can leave a review on iTunes and that is extremely helpful to the show so that others can find these conversations and get the same benefits that you are by listening and subscribing to all of these amazing conversations that are just here to design to help you live your life of abundance. Now, to introduce our future guest, I'm not going to read through the entire bio. Make sure you go to the show notes and check out the entire bio because this is very impressive and a little bit long. But our feature guest today is Neil Sperling. He's a founder and CEO of a global business strategic advisory service that has advised startups, mid-cap companies, nonprofits, and very high net worth individuals. Neil has strategized and helped clients to solve often extremely complex and difficult business challenges and then connected them to individuals who have changed their lives for the better and has even helped them to fulfill their unique life's purpose. Hence, he's been called a world-class problem solver and a world-class connector. At last count, Neil has connected with over 55 billionaires, the President of the United States, U.S. Vice President, various heads of state, prime ministers, a five-star military general, governors, mayors, Academy Award-winning actors, directors, producers, and 15 Nobel laureates, inclusive of nine Nobel Peace Prize winners. Men of Abundance, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Neil Sperling. Neil, welcome to Men of Abundance. Man, how are you doing today? Wow, uh, I'm feeling very abundant. Thank you very much, Wally. <laughs> That's good. It seems like you and I have been talking all day. <laughs> That's what I find with a lot of people, generally because I'm a little bit too loquacious, but I'll try to pare it down to the most relevant points as we go through this today, and I thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. And just to be clear, guys, all of you out there listening, me and Neil have been talking quite a bit over the last couple of weeks. Some exciting stuff going on, and we had a conversation earlier today, but not for Men of Abundance. Uh, so here we are. I'm going to share him and his story with you. But before we get started, Neil, i like to start out with an attitude of gratitude, man. What do you have to be grateful for today? Right. Um, so when I said I'm feeling abundant, it's true. Every day I wake up, generally people ask this throwaway line, whenever you're in a telephone call, how are you? They're really not expecting you to respond other than fine, how are you? But I like to shift their consciousness to this kind of area where I say to them, I'm above ground. It's a magnificent day. So my attitude of gratitude is every day I wake up, I'm grateful. And that happened because uh, when I had an experience a number of years ago, I lost my mother, my father. I've never had any sisters or brothers. I lost my aunt. I lost my grandmother of a very short period. And I was trying to look for hope and rationale to what seemed like an irrational universe. And to keep it very short, I happened to be channel surfing and I landed on this cable channel far up the scale where George Burns was being interviewed, the comedian George Burns, by 
uh, journalist and he said, Mr. Burns, you're 99 years old. What could you possibly want for your 100th birthday? And George Burns' answer changed my life. He basically said with a twinkle in his eye after he took a puff on his cigar to open my eyes. And I said, well, that's it. Any day you open your eyes, it can only get better. And so I've always taken that with me. It changed my attitude to gratitude. And every day when people ask me how I am, I answer in the way that I just shared. Wow. That's absolutely beautiful. And I, I do miss George Burns. I was a big fan of uh, his comedic stand-up and his movies. It was absolutely beautiful. It's good stuff, guys. If some of you have never heard of George Burns, uh, definitely go look up that. Uh, I'm sure there's some videos out there you can find of him. But thanks for sharing that. And uh, one of the things that we like to get into, you know, talk a little bit about your professional stuff and what you've been doing, but we really like to get to know the man behind the abundance. So if you would, how would you, how would you describe yourself? Um, well, I live abundance. I do now. And I think a big part of it is, is because I am grateful, I want to make every minute count. So I don't have time to sit around feeling sorry for myself when things don't work out and don't go my way, which like with many people uh, is the case. But I also find that abundance and the law of attraction are very much intertwined. And so the more I am open to receiving and the more I am open to giving, I find that there is a universal axiom of the yin and the yang of the universe that I get back. And so I find that the more I actually have this attitude and also paying it forward, the universe will step in if other people don't to pay it forward back to me. And so I, I find incredible things happen in my life. I have built a network, a private network of amazing people who call me looking for help, but also offering me opportunity and so, as I've shared with you, when I answer the phone, for me, that's my business model. It's basically choose your own adventure. I have amazing people with amazing challenges and problems who call me where they haven't been able to get help or clarity from anyone else. And I'm flattered that they think I'm their answer. And frequently, it seems like I am. Yeah, I'll tell you, interesting uh, about that, guys, uh, what he was just what Neil was just talking about is Neil and I got connected on LinkedIn, uh, not by chance, it's divine intervention, uh, just not even a couple of weeks ago. And we've had multiple conversations and we got connected over a completely different reason. But here we are now having this amazing conversation. And it's just super exciting to be able to unfold and get to know him and everything that he's been through and been able to accomplish throughout his life through those connections. So, you know, talking about some of the things that you've been through in your life, Neil, we like to ask this kick in the gut moment because it really does define what we do sometimes. It changes the trajectory of our life at times, but hopefully we learn something from that. So if you would, I'd like for you to share with us a kick in the gut moment. And then we're going to get into what you learned from that and what you're doing with that information. How are you paying it forward? Okay. Well, sure. Actually, it's a two part kick in the gut. The first one was that I had a mom who I really looked up to, who was selfless, caring, never judgmental, always gave of herself. And her sole mission in life was really to try to make sure that people found happiness in their lives. And anytime she was around people who were bitter, uh, who had anger or other issues, 
she always figured, and she had a very clear sense, which has informed my ability to connect with people, that they were really not angry, they were really not bitter, there was something that happened in their childhood or back when that changed them and made them wounded. And they were acting out on that woundedness. And so, as I've shared in other podcasts, um, it was remarkable to study and watch her change people simply by befriending the most difficult, cantankerous people and wanting to make a friend of them and looking at them like an opportunity, not like most people do for themselves, but an opportunity to look like a garden, to basically grow a great garden inside those people and pluck the weeds out of their garden so the rest of the garden could flourish. And she had this remarkable gift. So when she came down with cancer and the worst form of cancer one could get that caused her unspeakable pain and continued to spread and caused her great pain when she had brought so much goodness in the world, it was a quantum paradox for me to try to reconcile why if there's a God, a loving and forgiving God that she would allow her to suffer in proportion to her goodness. So when she passed away, I basically lost faith, and that day became an atheist. And what I found was, is that that wasn't very satisfying after a while, because if you don't believe in something, you need to believe in something else. And I found from my own personal experience, believing just in me was limiting, and believing in my own desire to be good was situational. I didn't have a frame of reference or a standard or a larger platform to stand upon to give me context and clarity as to what being a good person meant. And so that felt limiting. And even though I couldn't bring myself to believe in a higher power, I found that as I moved through life, there were situations that happened to me where I couldn't explain it but anything but by divine intervention. Um, Examples being like when I was right after the earthquake in Northridge, I went out to get uh, food and I was at an intersection and I had to make a sudden decision the way my wheels were turned and locked, but I saw an oncoming car and then a car was behind me and I instantly felt they were gonna plow into my rear end. I didn't know what to do, my, my wheels had turned and so I made an executive decision to hit the gas and try to make it across this intersection to also avoid being uh, plowed into by a car behind me that hadn't been, I guess, watching that I was in front of them. And I didn't make it. And the car hit me, he was speeding. Uh, It was a Jeep, I remember clearly, I was hit maybe 60 plus miles an hour head on. Uh, My car spun around once, twice, three times. It was like an out of body experience. I had no seatbelt on. And yet I felt this strange centrifugal force or pressure beyond the centrifugal force that kept me to my seat. And the point is, when I climbed out of the car, people came running out of this restaurant. They thought they were looking at a ghost. They were sure I was dead from the impact. And I went around the front of my car. It was no longer there. It had completely disintegrated. The guy who hit me went on to bounce off my car into a mailbox, then into a, um, a, a newspaper box went through that into a light pole wrapped around it. I learned later they took him away, went to the hospital for three months. And I stood there, shook up, and when the paramedics came, they said, are you okay? And I said, yes. And they said, well, let's get you to a hospital emergency room immediately to get you checked out. And I said, why? And they said, what do you mean, why? We wanna make sure you're okay. And I just knew that I was okay. And that was my 
one of a number of experiences I've had where I just felt when looking back on it that there was some kind of divine intervention and more specifically to share with your audience that I was here for a reason and that when I was born into this world, I had a purpose that I hadn't necessarily even then specifically identified. But like everyone listening here, you know, I was here for a reason. And as it turned out, this was only a, one of a number of experiences. Years younger, when I was like in my teens, I remember another odd incident when I was camping in Yosemite. And we were at a campground and it had been a number of days and I heard people screaming in the night when bears came into the campground. Well, I'm a city-fied guy. And I always thought it'd be an extraordinary and interesting and fun experience to encounter a bear. And as it turned out, after nine days, we were, a friend of mine and I were sitting around a campfire. And all of a sudden, he got a strange look on his face. He grabbed a log from the fire, and he backed away, and he couldn't even say anything. And I'm wondering, what's wrong with you? I turned around. There was a big bear who was approaching both of us. So being very naive and citified, I went to crap my camera and take a picture and it was one of those things where you look through the lens and I'm watching this big bear approach me. And then I thought it was even more remarkable. It had two cubs behind it. I thought, this is great, a family photo. So I waited for the bear to keep approaching, approaching. I snapped the picture. As soon as I did, I saw this blur in my lens. And it was the bear charging me 10 feet away. I had no way to go, nowhere to run, no knowledge of what to do. And once again, there was divine intervention because all of a sudden I had the exact knowledge of what I needed to do. I didn't know where it came from, but I got up on my haunches, made myself look big, stared the bear down right in its face, and I said, get out of here now in a commanding way. And the bear was so shocked that it stopped. And that's actually what they tell you to do, not to show fear. And so it grunted at me again, and I grunted at it, and it went away. But I've had other extraordinary experiences like that. So in reflecting back, to tell, as I said, it's a two-part story. Uh, to get to the main event here, um, I started looking back on all my life about all of these extraordinary experiences, feeling I was here for a reason. And then it, as it happened three years ago, I'm of the Jewish faith and on a very religious holiday called uh, Rosh Hashanah, I've lost my hearing completely for inexplicable reasons. I'd actually lost it once previously. Ironically, the solution was my client who had been in sound therapy and a genius, and I was helping him to market and promote what he does and using sound to rewire synapses in the brain to help people with all kinds of brain-related issues from autism to cerebral palsy to stroke to head injury. And so within a few hours, he was able to create a, a computerized protocol for me that got my hearing back. But a few months later, I lost it again and I panicked because now I didn't know if I'd lose it permanently. And the irony was that just like in these other spiritual experiences, I recognized something that had happened ironically on a very eve of a holy day called Rosh Hashanah, where you're supposed to turn inward and examine yourself. And I wondered metaphorically if the reason I lost my hearing is that I wasn't hearing from a higher power, which I had pretty much divorced myself from for all those years. And that it was time to have a confrontation, a reconciliation, and just go inward and find the truth of where, you know, if I was here for a purpose, what that was. So um, to make it a little bit shorter for you, I, I had the wisdom to look into my version of the Bible, the Old Testament, 
And I realized that I prayed many times, even though I didn't have belief that my prayers would be heard. But I'd always prayed for me and what I needed. And when I looked into the Bible, I noticed something this time that was different. The patriarchs that got prayers and miracles, which is what I needed, um, weren't praying for themselves. Once again, they were praying for their impact that their lives would have on other people. A whole different calibration. And I also had to get a construct of like, who is God? If there is a God, what would that look like? The closest thing I could come up with was that I have a uh, aunt who's very loving uh, and 101, <laughs> as sharp as a tack, but would get stern and reproachful with me if I strayed, not because she was angry with me, but she wanted the best for me. And I figured that was it. So even though I've been going on quite a bit here, the bottom line was that I had to construct a prayer because I refused to accept my deafness. I didn't relate to it. I didn't want it. And I decided that making this prayer uh, and sending it upstairs was my one shot. And if I didn't come out of it uh, with, with the answer I needed, it was going to be crushingly disappointed and a reality I refused to accept. So I had no other alternative. And so at that point, and this was the transformational moment, I decided to surrender. I surrendered my ego, my agenda, and I basically asked for wisdom and a partnership where for the future, if I could wipe the slates clean and be forgiven all of my mistakes, from this point forward, I'd be a clean slate and that my higher power, God, would be my senior partner and I would be the junior partner. And whatever he wanted from this point forward in my life would be what I would do. And he would order my steps. And I asked for my hearing back 10 days later on the holiest day of the Jewish tradition, which is Yom Kippur. When I woke up that 10 days later, I heard the birds chirping. And I was stunned that I had actually gotten a miracle. There's a longer version of the story of what happened next. But the bottom line is that it's changed me. And so now I look at every day as a gift. And I also want to ensure that I can pay forward the gift that I've been given to not only hear from people, but hear from God and try to do the right thing by everyone. Wow. Yeah, there's so much to unpack there, man. Thanks for sharing that. I really, really appreciate that. But the bottom line is this. That is everything it is as far as I'm concerned of living a life of abundance. And it also says a lot to the fact that the mind is a very, very powerful thing, especially when it's combined with prayer and prayer for the right reasons. I see so many people always saying, why me, you know, praying God, why me, why me? God, can you give me this? God, can you give me that, this, that, and the other? But they seldom say, thank you for what I do have and praying for other people. That is where the true power comes in. And that's where my whole, whole idea behind the abundance mindset, my re realization of, paying it forward, giving more of what I want, and then receiving it through the, through God, it just happens. It, it's one of those things that, quite frankly, I don't try to explain. I just know for a fact that it happens. And it, and it's well, the interesting part is since I had that experience, the second part, which I didn't want to go on like with a long monologue here, was that mm -hmm. when I woke up, I, I, I'm sorry, when I sat there for an hour listening to the birds chirping and the beauty and the music and the poetry and hearing that chirping again and all that it meant to me in terms of other things that I would hear again. Um, I realized that I had to give thanks 
because I just had a bona fide miracle. I couldn't really explain any other way. And so what I wanted to do was figure out how can I do that? I can't do animal sacrifice. The smoke alarms will go off. People will come and want to put a net on my head. Um, and, and I thought, you know, I, I happen to have been gifted with a good singing voice, a really good one. And as it happened on that day, if you're called up to the Torah and you're lucky enough to be chosen to do that, you sing your prayers. And so I asked for that opportunity. Um, when I showed up at the synagogue, I had done it as a favor to a friend because you need 10 men to be witness to be, have the, be able to opportunity to have to ask these, the, to say these holy prayers. My disappointment was there were 30 men already there. They didn't need me. And it was very disappointing. And I thought, well, you know, I already got my miracle. So I decided to be quiet and just anonymously take my seat in the middle row. But I kept feeling disappointed. And the long story short on that piece of it is, is that all the men in the front row who knew the rabbi, who didn't know me at all, I was a stranger who um, had eagerly paid a lot of money to have the honor and privilege to be called up. This is our way of tithing. Um, and, and so number one was called up, number two at the holiest time and the holiest day at noon, number three, number four, and I was feeling increasingly disappointed. And then I noticed that number six, the seat next to him was empty. And I thought, oh my God, can it be true? And for whatever reason, that seventh person, the final person, was not there. So the rabbi looked around the room to find a substitute candidate. And when he looked at me, I locked eyes with him. And I made sure not to make any facial gestures. But through my eyes, I basically said to him, pick me. And he did. Mm. And it was a stunning thing for me. It was like my second miracle. But here's the point. Just like when the information flooded into my brain about what to do with the bear, I had originally prayed to be uh, healed at the end of that day, and I woke up confused because I got it early in the morning. When I got in front of the congregation before I said my prayers, I, I said to the rabbi, do you mind if I make an announcement? And because he didn't know me, he, he looked at me tentatively thinking, what, what's this guy going to say? And someone have left their lights on in the parking stall. So he basically said, sure, sure. So I turned with this knowledge now, and I realized why I believed I would help healed in the morning, and it goes to the point you just made. I looked around, and I shared everybody that I'd had this miracle, which they gasped and they thought was extraordinary. And I said, the reason I believe I got it is I changed the caliber of my prayer. We're all connected. We're all connected by invisible threads. When you see somebody suffering, just like we have in the news recently, where a knee was put on a man's neck pleading for his life, you connect with that. It, it transcends race. It transcends, uh, you know, creed. Uh, it transcends so many things on a very human level. We are all connected at a very uh, base level, the soul. And, and I said, when you pray for yourself, you're not doing the thing that I believe God wants us to do. He wants us to think about the we and not the me and how we're all interconnected. And I even had the presence of mind to say, there's a woman, if there's a woman in the back right now who has a daughter who has cancer and someone gasped in the back of the room, I said, don't pray for her life. Pray for the impact that she will have on so many people. When we look at the COVID virus right now, one person came into the United States that touched the lives of other people in a very negative way that in turn paid that virus forward. But 
we can turn that around and look at things in the same way in terms of our impact on other people's lives and how many times we're not even consciously aware of how we impact all these other people that we meet, touch, talk to. And that was what I was uh, invested in when I asked for my hearing back. So when I shared that, um, I got to turn, I sang my thanks to God. Long story short here is that when the rabbi came up to me afterward, I said, Rabbi, may I ask you a question? He said, what? I said, why did you pick me? I thought he saw a facial tick or some expression in my eyes. And you know what he said? He said, it was random. And I said, Rabbi, that's amazing because I've known, never known an Orthodox Jew to believe anything is random. You've always said that everything is by ultimately by design. And he looked at me and he said, oh my God, you taught me something today. And he sat <laughs> down in his chair. He was very moved by it. So since then, I've lived my purpose, which is just simply the very purpose that you came to me supposedly randomly about to talk about medical abundance, because that's what this is, paying it forward and being self-actualized to really understand all, all of us have a purpose in the world and we need to live up to it. Wow, absolutely, absolutely. So other than paying it forward here on Men of Abundance, what else are you doing to pay it forward with uh, this amazing gift that you have? Well, you know, I, I, I don't have a really a strategic plan yet, but I, at this point, I, as I said in my prayer, I wasn't going to um, try to dictate terms here. I'm the junior partner. So that's how I like to look at myself. And, and so things show up in my life. Uh, I, I don't really seek them out. Whatever it is tends to find and seek me. Recently in COVID, as an example, um, I came down about eight or nine weeks ago with chills, uh, weakness, a sore throat. And I thought, uh-oh. And I called my doctor who said, hey, if you're sick, don't come in. I said, excuse me. But he put me on a hotline Then I never got through to anybody to test me. At that moment, I hung up the phone. The universe knocked on my door because I got an email at that very moment from someone who had test kits in home. It was mislabeled at the time. It was point of care. But the first thing I thought of was not the me. I thought of elderly people who I know, including influencers, who could benefit from this. So I sent out an email to maybe 20 people. And as a result, this is how the universe operates. I got inquiries from people about masks and they had lots of masks. And Neil, you're a connector. Can you connect me with agencies or hospitals? And then people in the healthcare profession were saying, hey, we could use masks. And do you know of anyone who has test kits? And it just mushroomed for me. So. I fell into this area with the best of intentions, and I think I've gotten to help a lot of people now, connecting them up. It's led to other business relationships. Extraordinary people refer to me actually at the highest levels through the United Nations who could use help. Hmm. And just by acting on a humanitarian instinct, I've made powerful business relationships that I never expected from people who got to see how I operate, know, like, and trust me in a short time, and now have abundance of opportunities that have resulted. Wow, that's impressive. <laughs> it's, it's just, you know, one thing after the other, paying it forward. And it's, it, like you said, like usually, well, it's not an analogy, the fact of one person coming into the United States with the virus, but that's a negative one. But the same thing happens in a positive form as well. So I absolutely love it. So Neil, 
we're at the part of the conversation where we are going to pay it forward to our abundant leaders and share your uh, little bits of knowledge. Are you ready to do that? I'm sorry? We're at the point of our conversation where we are going to pay it forward. Are you ready to do that? Oh, absolutely. Excellent. All right, listen up, abundant leaders. If you want to take full control of your personal economy, put your leadership and business skills to work, you absolutely can start your own business coaching business. The fact is business owners need professional coaching more now than ever. And as a business coach, you get the opportunity to put your skills to work, provide a critical service, and get duly compensated. Now, if you're saying to yourself, I would like to change careers, I would like to enhance my current career, or I would actually like to be a profitable business coach, that then brings up the question, how do you structure a coaching business? How do you get paid? How do you get clients? These seem to be the biggest questions that I hear when I'm talking to people who want to start a coaching business, specifically a business coaching business. How do you do one-on-one coaching and group coaching? And how do you set up a member site to create continuity within my coaching business? And then, of course, even if you can't figure all of that out, what's the investment? Well, I'm going to answer all of those questions for you and much more. All you have to do is go to BCB. Bravo Charlie Bravo dot AP business mastery dot com. That's where I will be sharing with you how to give yourself a raise whenever you like gain more leads than you can handle. So you can be very selective about who you choose to work with. You'll find out how we get clients fast results. So they stay and pay for years, not just months. I will share with you how we literally show the prospects, the money so you don't have to sell. And more importantly, to me anyways, you will potentially be saving lives and marriages, possibly even yours. It really is that serious. Now, if you're ready to take full control of your personal economy, put your leadership and business skills to work, and you believe that starting your own business coaching business might be the solution, then head over to bcb at apbusinessmastery.com. And don't worry about trying to write that down. You'll find the link in the show notes. Now, let's get back to the conversation. So share one to three actionable steps that men of abundance can take today. Well, I think the first most important thing is, and I've said it on other podcasts, is put your agenda aside. You know, it's really um, a bit self-centered of all of us to think that where we're going to make an impact on the world, it's because we have more knowledge than uh, what we really even understand about ourselves and our place in the world. And so I've always believed that if you can be open uh, to really understanding who you're dealing with and what they need versus what you want to offer them, it takes the conversation and the interconnectivity to a whole new level. So my mom was a, a, a master at this, where she didn't give people, uh, you know, what they wanted. She gave them tough love and tough truth, and then because of that, they trusted her. Because of that trust, she was able to have influence. So it's a subtle thing, but whatever you're involved with or what you believe you're involved with, I think becoming an active listener and really being more empathetic and understanding who's on the other side of the conversation allows you 
to really take in a lot of information to help them authentically. And when you do that, you can make an authentic friend. And when you have an authentic friend, that friend has been authenticated. And consequently, it allows you to accelerate not only the speed of trust, but the ability to do business with people and, and get referrals because that's where it all, you know, it's, that's the center point. It's the ability to basically be on your game at the highest level by helping others through service. Wow, absolutely. What are you reading or listening to that you would recommend to our listeners and why? The, the kinds of books or other uh, influences in my life? Yeah, just, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you read or listen to. Um, I try to listen to a lot of things that open me up spiritually, that uh, I, I like to reflect on great thinking. I've actually spent 20 years studying uh, creative thinkers and how to get outside of myself. Um, and, and so I've, I've just tried to uh, seek out the greatest minds in that I respect to learn how they've solved problems so that I can incorporate it into my own uh, ability to deal with myself as well as other people. So I've studied people like Edison, Einstein, Da Vinci. Uh, I've spoken on it about on stage and to see if there were commonalities they had that beyond just uh, the creative geniuses that basically beyond uh, thinking that they've inherited this gift, if there was a secret that they've learned about how to solve problems that have allowed them to scale and uh, become so significant. And mm. I found that they have. Uh, there they, basically were commonalities, and it goes into what you and I were talking about, which is they were systematic thinkers. And so I've tried to learn from the best in any field. If it's politics, I've studied people like Gandhi, Sadat, uh, Lincoln, um, if it's in science, I try to get my arms and hands around the best in those fields. Because when I help people, I work with businesses in all categories. And I have to be at a level of proficiency to show up for people that I can really help solve their challenges. So I would just simply seek out greatness wherever you find it in whatever field or category to make you greater. Mm. Yeah, wonderful. I love it. What do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance? Well, we talked about this, and I think basically it's people's opinions of themselves and their abilities because they set ceilings on uh, their self-identity. Uh, they, they believe tests in school that give them their uh, you know, sense of what they're good at. Uh, I was a misfit for most of my life. I didn't know that I really had any uh, significant skills other than one that where I was tested, which was the ability to tune puzzles and figure out puzzles quickly. I, I currently see things in the abstract and I'm able to make it concrete. Um, so I think it's basically your own limitations imposed by two things, parental messages, some of which were negative or experiences that flowed from that, and then your own tapes that you play for yourself. Um, it took me a long time to overcome that myself because I didn't have a perfect childhood. But I think if everyone could uh, believe that they have the ability to achieve by surrounding themselves with greatness and messages uh, from people who've succeeded, have been successful, there's that old saying about you're the product of the six people you hang out with the most. It doesn't have to be just people. It can be the books. 
It can be people from the past who've had great accomplishments, anyone you admire. If you reinforce all of that with these positive messages and learn how they were able to think creatively outside the box, you can become that. That's why they live, to share their purpose and pay that forward. Absolutely correct. I definitely agree with that. So what does being a man of abundance mean to you? I know you kind of mentioned it multiple times throughout the conversation, but let's kind of bring it all together right here. What does being a man of abundance mean to you? Well, it's being contrary to the most people out there who think in limitations. The challenge in our society today, and we see it showing up with Molotov cocktails to people wearing face masks and demanding their rights and the conflicts that we have, it's all about people seeing things and kind of a zero-sum game of limitations. Um, I'm dealing with people now and been fortunate to be brought into uh, an, an ecosystem of, of thought leaders that are designing systems of abundance and abundance thinking. We're living in a time right now where most people wouldn't know, but Ovard Industries and other things are becoming outmoded because there's so much new technology. I was talking with a friend of mine, a new friend of mine, who talked to me about a $20 solution for breast cancer. Uh, that's a simple product that women could use. And it's one of many that he's been exposed to. It could make a billion dollars if that's your goal. And of course, making money is a great goal. But having the impact to save lives, change lives, um, there's so many new developments, so many new opportunities coming out right now. People who see themselves strictly and only as a steel worker, that that's their self-identity, they've been laid off, and they're ready to jump out a window. I think if anything, I could inspire people to rethink those kinds of thoughts because you don't need to jump out of a window. You just need to open up the landscape of your thinking and possibilities and new opportunities to pivot. And maybe being the steelworker wasn't your purpose in life. Maybe it was just a means to an end to get you to here and now where the darkest moment can be your greatest triumph with COVID and you know tremendously uh, terrible economic news to give you an opportunity to reinvent yourself and to see yourself in a new way, to provide the impact that gives you that soulful satisfaction, I think that we all yearn for. Mm, absolutely. Man, great conversation. I, this is why I wanted to have you on the show and get, get our conversations recorded because we had so many great conversations over the last couple weeks. But what did we not talk about that you want to ensure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation today before I let you go? Well, I think I've been very loquacious <laughs> again, unfortunately, and I'm sorry. Um, but, you know, there's been a lot that's welled up in me over time that uh, now I've come to recognize and want to share in, in great detail. I would just simply say if people would like to have a longer opportunity or ability to get into this, um, I, I think I've learned some basic things that I've structured my thinking in three steps. It's about systematizing your life to create more efficiency and more value and more pleasure. And then it's about sequencing it. I, I would contrast this in the sense like if you have a canvas without a frame, it's incomplete. If you have a frame without a canvas, it's the same. But if everyone can systematize their thinking in an abundant way, and then sequence it in an abundant way, which is step two of what I do, and then optimize that, unpack it and repack it in a way to create greater, greater value and meaning, you know, that's what gives me joy. And I think everyone could do that and learn how to do that for themselves. So it is something I teach. It is something that I do when working with clients. And I'm always happy to be as transparent as I am now 
in, in helping people learn that. And I'd love to do it, of course, as we've been discussing together with you. Excellent. And how can we get more of you? How can we find out more about how to connect with you and get some access to that information? Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. So um, it's pretty simple. If anyone wants to find out more about me, a good starting point would be my website. It's uh, worldclassconnections.com, worldclassconnections. Uh, also, if they want to Google me, I've done, I've done a number of podcasts now and so forth. You could just Google my name, find out more about me. N-E-A-L-S-P-E-R-L-I-N-G. And uh, I'm always accessible. I always want to see how I can help um, one more person to transform themselves and be the person they've always wanted to become. Excellent. Yeah, and guys, we'll have that linked up in the show notes. So make sure you go check that out. And I would definitely uh, say to go check out worldclassconnections.com and at least take a look at all of the amazing people that Neil has the opportunity has had the opportunity to connect with others. It's a uh, it's tremendous to take a look at that, and all of his videos are there as well. So definitely uh, something to go take a look at, Neil. Great conversation. I look forward to getting to know you much more as we have a lot of stuff coming up here in the very near future. Um, just go out, live your life of abundance, man, and keep paying it forward like you are because it is, in fact, making a huge difference. Well, it takes one to know one. So, you know, you're the one who started Men of Abundance. I'm, ha, I'm still trying to catch up to you on certain respects, but I'm glad we found each other, and I'm really thrilled that we can see where this journey will take us. Absolutely, man. Take care. Thank you. Now, listen, guys, if it wasn't for the connections that I've made over the past five years, many of the men and women that you've heard and were introduced to on Men of Abundance would have never happened. Just to give you an idea, my connection with Neil, who I believe we got connected on LinkedIn, he connected me with an amazing man and another very well-connected entrepreneur by the name of Salim Ismail. Salim so generously asked me to speak for about an hour at his EXO Small Business Summit, where I was introduced to Jeff Hoffman, who is the founder of Priceline.com about 20 years ago. I had Jeff on my show. I was also introduced to multiple other entrepreneurs around the world in India, New York, all over the place. That one connection that Neil made with me got me connected with multiple other people which has allowed me to have conversations with them and further connect them with other people that they needed to be in contact with. So what does all this mean for you? Well, your action step today is to find somebody, find two people, or maybe a group of people that you can connect that don't already know each other. I'm telling you, you might get connected with many people throughout the course of your life, but when you connect somebody with somebody else, they almost always remember who connected you especially when that connection turns into a fruitful relationship and they are fulfilling each other's lives in one way or another. Now, go out, live your life of abundance, and make sure to pay it for That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.